0: And welcome into another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. It is right now, Monday, March 8th, as we are recording. Big, big month in sports, Josh. Uh, you know, spring training rolling on, uh, starting to heat up in the winter sports. March madness right around the corner. NFL free agency right here. Bunch
1: of stuff going on, Josh. I'm, I mean, things are heating up, Greg. Things exciting, are heating up. You know, you know what they say? This is March. Madness. It's going to be madness. Be we already madness. had one tournament that we got to talk about that was complete madness already. So
0: Yeah, and in, in this one, there's just too much to talk about. We're not even doing any big chugs. It's just no. It's just quick sips.
1: It's bam, 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 bam. We're rolling
0: through a bunch of stuff.
1: Bunch of stuff.
0: So, a whole lot to get to, but uh, of course, first we got our intros and opening takes. Uh, the guy who should be to my right, um, who takes... About as many breaks from this show as a Kit Kat bar. <laughs> uh, it's Zach. Zach is, I believe, what, on vacation? I
1: think he went off the grid for a little bit, Craig. He went off the grid for a little nope. bit. That's all
0: we know. He went off the grid. He's in an undisclosed location at this point. So uh, Hopefully, uh, we'll have him back next week. Or, I mean, maybe not. Maybe the show is better when he's not here. I'm not really
1: sure. Maybe we'll have someone else. You never know. we got to keep, keep him and you listeners on your toes, off your heels. Maybe for the best. Uh, and then, of course... The
0: voice to my left, um guy on the ones and twos, the guy who's about as nuts as an almond joy. It's Josh. Josh, how are we doing? I hate almond joys.
1: I man. yeah, I really don't like almond joys. I'm
0: just not a coconut guy.
1: Uh yeah, me neither. And mounds either. No. I just don't want it. No,
0: give me like a nut rages or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, but, big Reese's guy here. Uh um, you know, Greg, a good friend of ours, a kind of running uh Acquaintance on the show is the funk master himself, Bootsy Collins. Yes, uh, uh, close with,
0: personal friend. Yes. Yeah,
1: uh, has the fretboard uh, beer, Bootsy IPA. Yes. Great beer that we've had on the show. Greg, he's back in the spotlight. He is kind of hosting, kind of the MC of a new record of a group called Silk Sonic, a duo between Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars. They released their first song, Leave the Door Open. Uh, Steamy song uh, with a pretty cool music video release too. But um, they're on that, they also have the intro where you can hear a snippet from Bootsy Collins uh, available too. Don't know when the album's coming out yet, but Bootsy, Bruno, Anderson, Pack—what a thirty rack of sports! What? I mean, we, what a we great know this guy. We know this guy. Sort of. Just wait till thirty
0: rack gets dropped in one of the. uh
1: yep. one of the songs. He's gonna name drop us. I can feel it. That's how we
0: know we named it. That's how we know we made it. Until so we know we named right, it, I guess. yeah, all of that. Uh, and then, of course, voice that you're hearing right now, the uh, the guy who kind of keeps everything together, like peanut butter and a wonderful Reese's peanut butter mm. cup. Uh, my name is Greg. I'm I'm the talent around here. I can't disagree with you. The, there, I uh, love
1: Reese's. I, I
0: do the, love some that, Reese's. They're the best. And at times, I, I kind of have to rein you guys in, but you know, I think at this time, especially, you see. A lot of these teams, March Madness is coming up. A lot of these blue bloods, Josh, from past years, UNC struggling, Kentucky struggling, the Dookies struggling, a lot of these one and done factories struggling. And it's because during this time, you need consistency is key. You have to have some of these people that have been together for years at a time, because when you don't have an off season, you can't quite game the system like, like you have in the past. And it, it, You'll probably see it in baseball again with the abbreviated spring training. I mean, you know, obviously football, some of those teams got off to a slow start. I mean, the Browns had a terrible week one after a bunch of changes. Consistency is key. And I think that's what you're hoping for going into next year with whatever teams you have to get off to a good start.
1: Our athletes are all about that routine. Nobody has a consistent routine right now. It makes it so, so much harder to gain any momentum. You know, we have our own routine, Greg, of uh, talking some headlines and drinking some beer. Uh, why don't we get into it? Let's do it.
0: Oh! Beer of the week. That's awesome. Yeah, how do you do that? That's great. Josh, for this week, we are going to our neighbors in Hamilton, Ohio, uh, Municipal Brew Works. And uh, today we are drinking a nice blonde ale, a, an orange agave blonde. It's a five uh, percent ale, fifteen IBU. Um, they describe it as a take on their their flagship beer, which is called their approachable blonde. They add some orange zest and blue agave, and
1: they call it refreshing. And I would have to agree after that first sip, Josh. Yeah, it is very. It's very light and refreshing. And you had said before uh, we started the segment that perfect like entry into springtime. Um, And I know one of the things they say about the approachable blonde, the uh, original of this beer, is that it's a great uh, kind of a starter beer, a beginner beer, like for those that really are kind of casual beer drinkers, not into the craft scene as much. Yeah, they call it it the entry-level beer that you can enjoy
0: with food, which I think is is nice because, you know, a lot of these breweries have, I mean, obviously, even Municipal has, you know... A dozen beers, you know, sixteen beers on tap, and some of them, you know, your brown ales, all your other different stuff. But sometimes you bring your buddy that's, you know, maybe more of a Miller or Bud guy. Yeah. Sometimes you got to kind of ease them in, push them, push him over the line. And I think this—that's a great start. And then this is also a great start. It's not like, you know, over orange, but it's got that nice refreshing, as I said, orange zest. That's yeah. just a—I mean, it's just a nice, light, easy drinking beer.
1: It's just zest. It's not like blood orange. Like it's no, not it's very not, it's overpowering not gonna, at
0: all. It's not gonna break a glass over your head with orange.
1: But no, no, and uh, yeah, like it's it's orange zest. Um, and yeah, we we'll get to uh, the reciting of the can. We finally have a can with some uh, description on it. But Municipal Brewworks is a cool place, Greg. I don't know if you've ever been out there. I, I have been out there. So uh, the one thing that's
0: very cool about them is uh, they host the uh butler county Homebrewers association oh. so it's a group of uh i don't know dozen to two dozen guys that you know do all the home brewing stuff i've been to their big brew day where they give you like the wart and then everybody has their own hops and you can kind of go around this was all pre-covid when i went but you know they have all their own like beers that you know, they've brewed from the last meeting and then you're talking about hops and it's like, it's a beer nerd's paradise where you're, you're talking about, oh, I'm using this kind of hop. Oh, I'm going to do this kind of beer. Oh, what kind of beer did you make last month? Oh, I made a such and such beer. I've never heard of that before, but it's, I mean, it's great. And then also, you know, the location, what is it like an old firehouse or something? Cause it's got the giant door. Yeah. I don't outside. know if like it's
1: an old, yeah, firehouse or like an old city hall
0: yeah. Or city building or something yeah it's, i mean it's right in the middle of you know uh old hamilton right on the great miami river it's a it's a great spot i mean yeah they've nice got... large open patio for you know summers or you know during this time where you where you want to be outside and spaced out it's a great location overall and like i mentioned they have you know more than a dozen beers or you know drinks because a couple of them are like the hard
1: seltzers yeah on tap so a whole lot of different stuff for everyone They do have a a good selection there. They got a large variety of stuff. And then, yeah, right in that area, there's kind of, you know, it's Hamilton. It's not that big. So I don't know if you could call it an entertainment district. But there's other stuff to do right down there on the street. And then there's that concert, outdoor concert venue that's right on the river there. So it really is a good place if you're seeing, you know, post-COVID, if you're seeing concerts over there, pop down the street, head in, get you some approachable blonde or this take on it, the... What do we got? The Orange Agave Blonde Orange Ale.
0: Yeah, from Municipal blonde Brew ale, Works me. in Hamilton, Ohio. All right, Josh. So, no news this week. We're just rolling right into the quick sips we've got roll with it we've got a six pack of quick sips to get to so we're rolling through all the news here uh our first quick sip. we're starting in the national football league um as we mentioned free agency coming up just a little over a week away uh and one of the big stories coming out of northeast ohio kind of just floating over the rumor mill right now not really into the full you know you don't see any of the big guys talking about it but just kind of Waiting its way yeah it's... into the public conscience is uh there's been a lot of discussion about uh brown's number three receiver rashard higgins and his future with the team obviously uh you know a pretty important part of the browns in in recent seasons uh you know last year 37 receptions 52 targets just under 600 yards it's roughly what he had in 2018 as well but is third on the depth chart behind Landry and Odell Beckham, who are the two highest cap hits on the team, p- roughly combining for $31 million or 14% of the cap. Though Higgins is kind of, you know, him and Baker kind of came in together. They were, you know, when Baker was on the second team, they got real comfortable. So is Baker's one of, uh, you know, one of Baker's favorite targets? But there's some questions about how much money he wants, how much money the Browns willing to, are willing to pay him depending on you know the wide receiver log right now he'd probably only play about 40ish percentage of snaps
1: Josh do you think they bring higgins back uh i no i don't i think uh hollywood's days in cleveland are over um and look it's not necessarily a bad thing and i'm not saying that it it he couldn't come back and they couldn't re-sign him you know the days are drawing uh, near to where free agency will open and everything. But let's remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, he already took a pay cut this year after they re signed him to a one year deal from his previous deal, correct?
0: Uh yeah, I believe it, it was roughly the same, you know, I think it was just kind of the one year deal. So yeah. yeah, he's definitely in a situation he had kind of a down year for in nineteen, you know, right. obviously with COVID going on in twenty trying to make a bounce back here, which he you know, he did similar to what he had in 18.
1: Yeah, and I'm only talking about like a one million dollar difference, but you know, when you when you look at it from both sides like mutually, I just don't think it's gonna be in everybody's best interest. I mean, you've like you said, you're already taking your two biggest cap hits on two receivers right there. And I think Higgins, you know, he caught seventy one percent of his passes last year. Like you said, 19 was a down year. 73% of his passes and 44 yards per game in 2018. 46 yards per game in 2020. You know, he's not a wide receiver one, but, like, he's definitely a wide receiver two on a team. And he could be a wide receiver one on some teams. But you already are paying maximum for a wide receiver one and a wide receiver two. You can't then go and pay maximum for a wide receiver wide receiver three
0: especially on a team that you're paying a decent amount you know in the tight end room as well and you're more most of a team that you know is based on running so you're not going to have a whole lot of three wide receiver sets you're not you know you're not one of those teams that's just going to spread it out and throw it all over the place and i think the one issue that i've always had with higgins coming back and i love higgins and i would i would love to see him on that team and in a perfect world like i said you know re-sign him no issue but if you're keeping Landry and Odell, a lot of Higgins' targets came because of, you know, he, right. had, to, he had to move up after um, after Odell was hurt. You can't be paying out the wazoo for wide receivers, especially well, and that's like, when you have other needs. And it's like, where exactly is he, is he going to fit in? And if he's asking for, you know, however much a year he might be asking for, no, no real numbers have come out, but no. if it's something that's going to you know affect you in years going forward it's like no we already have two you know all pro level wide receivers
1: yeah we don't yeah that's the one thing we don't really have a number or a basis yet I'm sure I'm sure we'll get one in a couple weeks once things get started Um, but yeah I just even not disregarding the other needs of the team if you just look at the offense alone I just feel like it's superfluous almost to give him a bunch of money when you've got Odell and Landry and then let's not forget who you have in the backfield like you you got plenty on offense right now and that's why Browns fans can't get upset and be like all the teams not spending the teams like no you're good there Uh, yeah and I would even
0: say you know with obviously some of the injuries and some of the weird like you know COVID situations guys like Damian Ratley and whatnot stepped up there are some guys that I think can step up in a you know in a wide receiver three four area that i think they you know um willies and whatnot all, i mean there there are a number of guys and it's just one of those things that you know if you're keeping landry or an odell and obviously there's been trade rumors pretty much since the browns got odell about trading odell so yeah, you know that's I, always out there that's but just another day I, you know i don't see them trading him and i think if higgins was a priority at the price that he wanted then the deal would have been done well before now
1: yeah 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 i don't think it's going to happen but like i said i i don't think anybody needs to panic i just think mutually that's just what's best for everybody at some wishing the best there are just sometimes and you know it's
0: weird to be a browns fan to not keep talent but it's like yeah you have talent which is unlike what we're used to so uh you know, hopefully the best for him and hopefully the best for the Browns going forward. All right, Josh, for our second quick sip, we are staying in the NFL. But this time we're talking, we're talking some more leaked news. We're talking potential jersey leaks, which has been on fire all over Twitter. Um, obviously, the big news for the Bengals is uh, they are updating their jerseys. This season, and uh, you know, there's been a lot of intrigue. You know, of course, all the fan design. Well, recently, there has been some, I guess, eBay leaks, and we'll get to there's also Brown's throwback leak on eBay, but there have been some Bengals eBay leaks that have both a a black jersey and an orange jersey that have leaked. Um, Fans' opinions are kind of up and down on it. Uh, Just to take a look at the black jersey. Uh, a lot more simplistic instead of having like the full shoulder being a different color it's just got you know a black jersey with just the three tiger stripes on each side um you know bangles real small in the front the number nine with just a very light orange a- outline and then uh paul brown and script right behind the what under the collar on the back josh as the Bengals fans here you know initial thoughts. Uh, uh, also, you know the orange jersey, basically the same thing, except just flip flop the, the orange and the uh,
1: black. So early thoughts. First off, I'm I'm so disappointed and ha- and that this happened because because yeah. you understand something. The Bengals have never been the one year their schedule release video was. Like, the Atlanta Falcons did, like, a whole Game of Thrones, like, really cool, like, animated thing with the city. It was awesome. Like, cinematic masterpiece. There was one where they did, like, the different video games. There was, like, song yeah. and yeah. all that Yeah, there were so many different cool ones. And the Bengals uh, had Houday, the tiger mascot, right around the city on a scooter. I remember that. That was so great. It was it was rough, and I think that was a turning point. Whatever the Bengals did last year, they brought in this social media team, and whoever's doing their stuff, man, has been absolutely killing it. It's been so cool. I remember they had a... I'm... They would have done something so cool for this that would have made this look so much better because it just kind of came off kind of... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like they
0: had the... I... I know, what, I think I saw the, the Bengals' TikTok video where they're going through, you know, they have the box with the new jerseys. Yeah. Throwing it across. I think the biggest issue, you know, that you see right off the top is you don't know how it actually looks on the players. Because, right. like, take a look at any jersey on, like, a fat 40-year-old guy. Like, meh.
1: Right. I mean, and this, is what, and this is what I was worried about is I was like, I don't want, like minimalist like I don't want what happened to the Rams to happen to us and to to your point the Rams ones once they were on the field everyone kind of was like okay that's not that's not that bad but like the thing with the Bengals and their brands and I think you would agree and I'm not against minimalist stuff like you can go and look at the branding for our show and how it's evolved and it's very I'm not against minimalism but the Bengals are just inherently not minimalist you know you go back and look to some of their designs in the 70s they you know broke that kind of football mold with the striped helmets and everything yeah i just feel like they're inherently not minimalist and these are all like almost too cookie cutter too minimalist but like i said like maybe Maybe they'll look better once they're like with the helmet and everything. And we haven't seen pants. We don't know if there's a white jersey. We don't know what's what. And but but I mean, and these are just leaked. But it does sound like these are the ones.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the one thing that I will say is, you know, going back, there were some there were some pushback by some fans. They're like, well, how do they look compared to these? And they had you know the the current Bengals jerseys on a on a hanger. And I think the one issue that you have is, I mean, from a Browns fan, they basically just had us change our jerseys and then more or less change it back. A a couple updates, which were nice. Yeah. You know, but uh, sometimes you try to go a little bit too far and it comes off as a little tacky. And I think that's kind of how you got with the Bengals jerseys for a while. You know, the full, like, sleeves coming out. That looked weird. Yeah. I think there was just too much going on. And when I first saw these jerseys, I was kind of like, Wow, that's it? They do yeah, kind of right. remind me a little bit of the 1990s, but I feel like you could have done a little bit better.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm... And and I don't know how I feel about the number font yet because we really haven't seen anything past these, you know, the four pictures really of these jerseys, the front and backs of the orange and black. So, yeah, I don't know. But on the same token with them hanging on a hanger, we have another, I think was I think it was an eBay leak, Yep. For this, and they're on a hanger. We've got some Browns throwbacks, Greg. How, as a Browns fan, how are you feeling about these? So this one, you only get you only get the one picture. It's just the front picture of
0: the jersey, so you have no idea yeah. what's going on. And I, I would just want to say the last thing on the uh, on the Bengals jersey is. You know, the front's very minimalist. I think the one thing that's a little disappointing is the back is there's absolutely nothing on the back. Yeah. There's, there's no like logo above the name. There's literally zero going on there. It's just a name and a number, and you can see a little bit of like the stripes coming right. across. And that's one another thing. It's like, oh, maybe it'll look different once it's on. I don't know. But the uh, the Browns throwbacks, uh, they go back to their, their 1946 um, jersey. So you have you know this one is just the white it's a white jersey that just has the uh you know the orange and brown uh sleeve stripes that they have on most of their jerseys but they have the nice kind of orange shadowing on the uh brown numbers this one's a Nick Chubb jersey so it's a 24 with the nice orange shadowing and then the uh the football they like inaugural logo I don't know I've seen yeah. this logo across quite a bit the 1946 logo and I think you know, obviously, haven't seen the haven't seen the the back, haven't seen the rest of the jersey, but I think it's a real clean look and a, and a great homage back to the back to the old team.
1: I I love it. It's first off white throwback, that in itself is awesome. Second, the uh, yeah the block that '80s kind of block shadowing numbers, like that's great on a throwback. Not not if it's your current thing, but like great for a throwback, especially in these colors. And then the the classic patch man the classic patch on the white jerseys i love this one a a plus
0: yeah i I, the one interesting thing that you know i was talking to josh that i've kind of seen you know pondering around some of the message boards is even with the Bengals jersey if they have you know if they keep the color rush is potentially there have been some talks you know over recent years about um the nfl relaxing their you know only one helmet per player you know not because they used to have, you know, throwback helmets and whatnot. If they relax that policy, the original Browns jerseys used to have uh, you know, white helmets. So white helmet with the jersey or, you know, if the Bengals bring back their Color Rush, like kind of having that white and yeah, black white, tiger stripes. Yeah. I think those there could be some very cool, you know, in the bang, in the um in the Browns it kind of being that old like cool retro throwback, but the, you know, that looks just fresh and clean. And for the yeah, Bengals, was, it would be I mean, it would just be like an ice cold look for them. I think I'm not a yeah. Bengals fan, but I think it would be Oh, yeah. Nice I d- look. It's
1: I, both ways. Yeah. I think both the Browns and the Bengals with white helmets and Browns with their throwback, Bengals with the color rush. Yeah. There's, like we said, these are just leaks, questions to be answered. Let's talk about some official jerseys, though. These aren't leaks, these are official jerseys. And speaking of white, Greg, the Columbus crew giving up the banana. <laughs> Giving up the banana jerseys for uh, home whites? What is this? Can't do it.
0: You can't do it. You have you have the copycats down in Nashville trying to take our banana jerseys, doing the doing the yellow and blue, and then you just straight up cop out. I mean, I, I understand the design in front of it, and I think it's a, it's a cool little design, but I don't like the white and gray with the yellow pants. I just, I don't know. I think it's like two different jerseys that you're just trying to mismatch kind of. Yeah. And I think the crew have been a team that's been known for the yellow jerseys, you know, as much as I would like to have, you know, if the white Jersey was one and the yellow Jersey was another, I think I'd be okay with it, but you have to have a dark color. You know, you can't have white and yellow being your, your two colors. I just think, Too many teams have a white jersey. Like, yellow was what Columbus was known for. Like, if you're a team that has bright yellow as your jersey, like, that's what I mean. If you're a bright yellow team, I understand, you know, FCC is the orange and blue. You can't really have an orange and a blue jersey. Like, you gotta kind of have, like, a white or gray one. Something, yeah. But when you can have yellow, and yellow is one of your main colors, you have to have a yellow jersey. I'm just I'm disappointed. I knew it was coming, but, like, I just think it kind of looks mismatched and tacky.
1: I just yeah, I can't believe they went with went away from black and black and yellow. I just thought that was
0: the Columbus thing. That's and that's what it has been. You know, you even go back to the the old jerseys that have the, the old Sierra Miss logo on it from the nineties and you have like Going the white back. and black stripes, the yellow jerseys from, you know, the there and everywhere. Occasionally you have a like a white third jersey, but you know, if you only have your two jerseys, you have to go yellow and black because that's what the crew are. Yeah. So, yeah. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, you know, which one of these jerseys are you copping? If anything, you you going with the Bengals uh, black or orange? You going with that nice
1: Browns throwback, which I think I'm interested in. FC and Cincinnati's dynamic kit, FC- navy blue with pinstripes. Apparently, that are supposed. They say it's supposed to resemble the stadium. I don't. I don't. Know. I don't see it. Or the uh, the white,
0: gray, not yellow Cruiser. They
1: team. say that's supposed to resemble the stadium, too. I also don't see that. I don't it know what you're doing. resembles my disappointment. Adidas, that's what, what are you doing, Adidas?
0: Let us know at 30 Rack of Sports, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So, Josh, after talking some uniforms and shifting into the MLS, we're staying in the MLS. Uh,. Uh-uh. You know, with Zach not here, perfect time to talk MLS. perfect time to talk some football. Uh, We're thinking about two months-ish. You know, the full season uh, slate hasn't quite come up this year. But, uh, you know, a lot of excitement in Ohio for uh, the new season of MLS. Of course, uh, two stadiums opening, uh, FCC at the beginning of the year, and then hopefully uh, the crew about the beginning of July so uh some excitement there obviously the crew coming off an mls cup but you know both teams looking towards the future excited to get back to a more or less you know i guess not quite regular but more more regular normal yeah more regular schedule instead of like a cup at the beginning and like some sort of games and whatnot mid-season welcome back cup none of that this year so uh Josh, as far as FCC, what kind of what kind of signings do we have? Big. I know there was the Brenner signing. Was there some other big signings yeah, coming so on? Yeah, so
1: we talked about the Brenner signing out of Brazil. That's obviously the big one. This yeah, past he's season. the one that
0: yeah, I just came into Cincinnati. I saw all of it, him at
1: CVG and whatnot. Yeah, opened up the uh, MLS tunnel to Brazil. First Brazilian player, big signing there. Uh, historic signing. Obviously, I believe
0: he was the because I remember there was a uh, you know highest paid coming in transfers
1: and Brenner was the highest paid striker ever
0: in MLS. So yeah, that's, that's know, highest the highest paid transfer fee.
1: That's the big one. This off season. Um, the, the more recent one, they signed a uh, left back Ronald Matorita uh, from, well, it was more of a trade. They traded cash and we, I don't have, I don't have time to get into that whole thing and how General I General allocation. We don't hour, have time for that, yeah. but they traded cash to New York city FC, for Ronald Matarita, and he has been there for a good number of years now and one of the best things I like about him especially for left back and where FC Cincinnati is kind of so does he play defense? Yeah, that would he be plays good. defense, and uh, he's also one of the league's best-known attacking defensive backs too. So that's going to work great for what Jaap Stam wants to do with FC Cincinnati. He they're kind of, uh, they're that. kind of a go from the back up kind of team. Yeah, yeah. He uses that like Joao was kind of in that role, using the wing backs a lot more. Okay, so yeah. That should work out. He's also been a mainstay on the Costa Rican national team, and the thing you really like about Madarita is. He's, I believe, 26 years old, and he has pretty much finished, started and finished all of his seasons. He's a consistent, healthy player, well-known for his defense and as well as his attacking ability. So FC Cincinnati fans should be excited for that trade. So do you think they go – did they go – four at the back did they go five at the back with some wing backs that
0: you think they're going to move up or
1: last last season they started out in the five i think if they can work out that was because they didn't have any yeah, defenders yeah that's because so. they didn't have any defenders so it'll be i think you got to wait to see what you have in camp here i think that question is going to get answered in the next couple of weeks is what depth we actually have what players are going to actually fit in the different formations cuz like you said last season yop stop came in and was just kind of Working with what he had.
0: I mean, it was, yeah, it was kind of a, it was, it was a, well, what? Not really. They went from giving up a bunch of goals to not really
1: scoring. And that's my one big thing for them going into camp in the preseason. You have to find an identity. I feel like that's what I always say when we talk about this this soccer club on this show is find identity. But the fact of the matter is, is that your fan base and your team, the city cannot take another year of no identity setting records that you don't want to be setting. I don't want another spoon in our kitchen drawer, Greg. Oh, How a lot of, lot
0: of spoons in the kitchen drawer. So, uh, you know, obviously the crew coming off an MLS Cup, so not a whole lot to, uh, you know, not a whole lot to change. In recent years, you know, running that that 4-2-3-1 with Zardes at the front have added, uh, obviously, one of the bigger names, um, one of the top goal scorers in the history of MLS, Bradley Wright Phillips coming over uh, from the New York Red Bulls. But just a recent signing, uh, they got uh, midfielder Alex Matten, from the uh from romania i uh, put in a couple teams in the romanian league um new york city fc was also trying to sign him he was kind of a he was kind of a big prize in the mls only 21 years old but has played you know 66 games since 2016 so definitely has some experience even though he's only 21 I saw he's
1: played in some europa qualifiers so he's got kind of that that big game experience yeah he's played in some europa
0: qualifiers you know five goals uh, 12 assists has played you know internationally even at you know the under u23 level has played you know in some of those europa league qualifiers for the romanian league has kind of played all over there so certainly a guy that can help out the team you know for the crew as we mentioned you know coming off an mls cup just adding haven't really lost anyone it's more about just you know fortifying people um you know protecting against injuries which is one of the big things but you know just making sure you have the best team possible and though it might be tough you know to juggle some of these big time players going yeah, through. I mean, you what you have what, yeah when you're you know when you have an extra strike or you have an extra guy or two to bring in in midfield you've got you know uh some of the best uh you know a couple of the best uh defenders in the league uh you know whether it's you know mensa or offal and then you've got room and you know some backups
1: that are you know solid you know Tarbell out well, there. Well, and now you've got you've got Zellarion, and now you've got this uh, Alex Matton, He's a attacking midfielder as well. So you've got those two. You've got Wright Phillips and Zardes up to. I mean, Daniel Junior. Nasty you got depth yeah, it's
0: crazy. Pedro Santos. I mean, a whole ton of people just to kind of throw at you, and it's just one of those things that you know. I mean, last year was tough, especially with the COVID. You know, you had some guys, Pedro Santos, missing the MLS Cup, but you're just going to continually throw bodies. Yeah. And during a long season, I mean, we all know it. You know, there are bumps and bruises across the uh, you know, across the time. So when you have enough depth that, you know, one or two injuries isn't going to completely wreck your season, well, it's and, huge.
1: Well, and you've got a lot of guys there now that are familiar with uh... – caleb porter and have played for him before and you kind of are familiar with what he's trying to install and everything but i greg only three teams have ever won consecutive mls cups so i know the crew are also chasing history in the conca 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 calf conca calf we need to shorten those names, by the way. In oh, my regions. We need to do something about that. But in the Champions Cup, there, that'll be starting soon. So chasing history there, but also chasing history to become the fourth team in MLS to win consecutive cups.
0: Yeah. So it's certainly something, once again, you know, once you start to get some, uh, depending on how far they make it into um, the Champions League, which I believe is starting next month. And then, you know, if you start to get some, um, some matches, you know, some midweek, a lot of a lot of matches in a short amount of time. You're gonna need that depth, whether it's for the CONCACAF or for, you know, the regular MLS season. So they're they're setting themselves up well. US Open a,
1: Cup could be coming back this season. So yeah, I mean you're gonna need
0: the depth. Yeah. You're gonna need it all over the place. And I think Columbus has a has a great shot. You know, after a down twenty nineteen season, uh, they've really put things together and I think they're in a they're in a good
1: spot. Well, Greg uh you want to take a beer break here get back to this municipal brewworks blonde agave yeah
0: i feel like we're i feel like we're rushing through i don't know so there's I think no headlines
1: just... we're going to these quick sips so we'll uh when we come back we'll talk some basketball some madness we'll also talk some sports betting in ohio uh but we're gonna take a break a beer break for this municipal brewworks blonde ale This thirst-quenching taproom favorite, this thirst-quenching taproom favorite,
0: is our approachable blonde ale infused with orange zest, infused with orange zest and blue agave nectar, blue agave nectar, to offer a sweet and citrusy
1: kick, citrusy kick to our smooth, crisp, classic,
0: light and refreshing, it's a perfect beer for any day that comes your way. Enjoy,
1: and cheers. 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 Cheers blonde ale with orange zest and agave and this is i think the orange is a zest it kind of lays nicely over top of this very drinkable beard greg
0: i will say i think i mentioned this before the show municipal does have one of my favorite logos it is very, yeah. It it's, is very cool. It's got that like city block logo with the grains like right under it.
1: Yeah, and I mean that's what that the front of that building is. Uh, it's pretty spot on to what the front of that building looks like, actually. Yeah, it's like old
0: timey, but it's just, I mean, it's just a very clean logo. Municipal Brew Works. You know, the can isn't too much. I mean, the logo, orange, the little black stripes with the, uh, you know, the ring of the can in the middle, which is always appreciated. Yep. So.
1: Always love a good description on the can. Yeah, no, and, uh,
0: overall, just a, just a clean can.
1: Yeah, it's, oh yeah, the cans, I've, I've never seen their cans before, so I, yeah, they're really clean, the logo, like you said, is awesome, uh, 5% 15 IBU on this orange agave blonde ale that is uh, a twist on their, what is it? Approachable Greg? blonde. A tro- approachable blonde ale. Which is like, you know, your, your standard blonde ale. Well, so that actually won gold at the uh twenty twenty u s beer open championships uh we had that uh segment where we ran through all the Ohio winners a couple shows ago but yeah, this in the they have it in the English summer ale category I know some of those it won words. gold there, so we said earlier it's that perfect very light refreshing summer ale,
0: yeah, and that's what i mean it's it's one of those things where it's it's light it's refreshing it's as we mentioned it's one of those things that you know your entry level craft craft beer drinkers if you if you have to drag your friend from you know the local bar that he's drinking you know bud light at and just say hey just drink this you'll enjoy yeah. it yeah and then he likes it you move him into the agave blonde. you move him into some fruit beers you move him into a brown ale and the next thing you know He's drinking IPAs and hops just like the rest of us.
1: Yeah, well, and, and and Municipal is a great place to do that too because I mentioned the Approachable Blonde Ale won gold. That's one of four medals that they won at this past 2020 U.S. Open. Their Recovery Red won silver for the Imperial Red Ale category. Oh, I love a good red ale. Uh, their Blackberry Duelist, a Belgian-style fruit beer. <laughs> I had no idea what a Duelist was, so thank you. <laughs>
0: That I was, was like, so uh, all I could think of was like a lightsaber duel, like dun 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 dun.
1: Uh, they had an aged beer, their first anniversary one, which that's awesome. If your first anniversary like aged beer that you brew up, yeah, it's like wins, the wedding cake. Yeah, it's it's perfect. First anniversary one silver for aged beer. So they got a lot of they've got a lot of good variety there, and they've got a lot of award winning variety.
0: As we said, bread right on the river, right near a whole bunch. Uh, lots of beers on tap. Beers that you can take your your snobby, you know, IPA beer friends to your Bud Light drinking friends, all to the same brewery. So uh, make sure to check out Municipal Brew Works in Hamilton, Ohio, and especially their Orange Agave
1: Blonde. I will say I've got a funny I've got a funny story for you, Greg, about when I went there. I I I went there during COVID times. Uh, maybe only a month or two ago. And they had, you know, one of the tents set up outside so you could still go outside, but they had a heater and everything in there. Oh, yeah. I guess it was what? It must have been January or something? Yeah, it was, okay. yeah I'm pretty sure it was in January. You pretty know, chilly. So pretty chilly outside still. But, you know, they had the garage door open and then a tent that you walked out to, and they had this industrial heater out there. And we sat at that picnic table kind of right there where the heater oh, was. And i think I Yeah. I think I had like a, a t shirt and a flannel on, but then my winter coat on. And man, I was I was sweating by the time I left that place. I mean it was it was hot. And the only reason I bring this up about being hot is because next week we've got another Blondale that we're doing and that stuff's hot. We got so a, you'll have to come back for that.
0: One. We got a Habanero Blondeale coming up next week from uh, one, of our, one of our hot. favorite cities that we've mentioned several <laughs> yes. times on the show. I'm so
1: glad we finally get to do this city.
0: So, uh, you know, we wanted to save it for Zach to be back. It could be a controversial beer, but the one thing that we're sure of is that we'll give it to you straight and uh, we'll have a good time doing it here on 30
1: Rack. Cheers to Municipal.
0: For our fourth quick sip, we're talking Horizon League. sun has come up over the horizon. Really? The sun has gone mad over the horizon. I, yeah. We're talking the Horizon League tournament, and, you know, a couple teams from Ohio in the Horizon League, uh, you know, Cleveland State and Wright State. But why we are getting so much into this league? They're playing their semifinals tonight on Monday. And Youngstown State. And Youngstown State. That's right, yeah. the Gwens. Penguins. Don't want to forget about the Gwens. But March 2nd was the quarterfinals, Josh. And in the quarterfinals, obviously four games. Three of those games went to overtime. One of those games went to triple overtime. And the one game that didn't go to overtime was a one-point game. Unbelievable. You had Oakland beating Youngstown State by four in overtime. Um, Wisconsin-Milwaukee... Coming back, they were down 51-31 to with just under 17 minutes left. Tied it up at uh, 81 to force overtime, 1 by 2. Cleveland State beat uh, IPFW by 4. Down by 5 with 244 left in overtime. Down by 5 with 158 left in double overtime. Still 1 in triple overtime. And then the only game that didn't go to overtime... Northern Kentucky beat Detroit seventy to sixty nine, an unbelievable slate of games. Josh,
1: yeah, I tell you what, if you were watching on Tuesday and you you stuck through that whole thing and you had like a ESPN Plus, some devices let let you do that multicast thing, and you, if you were watching all four of those games, man, you were, that's peak. That is peak March right there. Watching all four of those games, three of which going into overtime, one. At one possession thriller most of the game i was flipping back between i know i was flipping
0: back between the milwaukee and the cleveland state game because I, I turned it back to the milwaukee game during overtime because i was like at first i was watching the cleveland state game and then i realized they were going to overtime and then i was like wait milwaukee came back because they were still down like seven late and took it to overtime then cleveland state was down five and i was like all right it's over switch to the milwaukee game they run away with it and i'm like oh wait cleveland state's going to do double overtime then they went down by five again, and I'm like, well, it's over. Then they came back again, and I was like, well, I don't want to jinx it this time, and then they won in triple overtime. Right.
1: I mean, it was just crazy, and I, I kept flipping back to the uh, the Youngstown State-Oakland game because, man, I, wa- I wanted that for the Penguins because FCS-wise, the Penguins football team is uh, not doing very well at all. <laughs> uh, so they could have used like that, that win there to keep their season going. But, yeah, I tell you what. Thank God for this tournament because if you weren't doing anything Tuesday evening, that was, could have been like the most entertaining night of basketball all season because we've oh. had a lot of these, you know, a lot of the Blue Bloods, a lot of the normal rivalries, just, you know, they aren't what they are. So, I mean, that night, if you could, like I said, if you had that multicast function on your ESPN+, Plus, ESPN+, watching all four of those games must have been crazy. I mean, I...
0: You know, you look at a lot of these conferences and they have, you know, the the top teams and the lesser teams and sometimes there are, you know, 30-point wins and some of these tournament games are kind of useless. But it's like, you know, what? The top eight of the 11 teams in this, only one was an upset, honestly, you know. Yeah. Only Wisconsin-Milwaukee over the two-seed right state was actually an upset. But it was like the eight seed taking the one seed to triple over time, you know, four or five seeds going to overtime, and then the 3-6 game going, you know, basically down to the wire. I mean, that's what you want in tournament. That's exactly what you want in the tournament. Because you know what? I mean, unfortunately, by the time this is out, the semis will be over. But when the finals are up Tuesday night, I know what I'm going to be watching because all of these games have been so great. And, like, this is what you want. Because it's not always, you know, you like to see the big teams. And you like to see, you know, the best players. But also, you like to see good games. And you're like... You know what? If I have to put two hours in a game, I want to see a game that's back and forth the whole time. Yeah. I want to watch the Horizon League, yeah. which is crazy to say, but I want to watch the Horizon League because, like, the Big South over the weekend, twenty-seven point victory, a Sun never that close.
1: A couple right. other tournaments, and that's and- why that's why I think it's awesome. As for Ohio, for Ohio sports fans, like for for the listeners of our podcasts and for us doing the podcast, you know, for those people that love the regional thing. Ohio was really blessed right now to have like some fun tournaments in March because you think you have this one that was just had that insane day on Tuesday with the quarterfinals. You've also got the MAC tournament which Thursday 11
0: to 6:30. I mean Ball State Toledo. Yeah. All the way to I mean what? Every game has Ohio teams on Thursday. Ball State Toledo, Kent State, Ohio State, Miami and Buffalo and then Bowling Green and Akron. So you have
1: Solid game. You have some really fun. I mean, it's Ohio State-Kenn
0: State should be a fun game. Yeah. Let's it's
1: know. Oh, yeah. And it's such a great, you know, you get those regional rivalries that have that amplified atmosphere, and maybe not this year, but that, you know, that amplified, you know, tension to it because it's a rivalry game. It's a regional rivalry in the postseason and I mean, you a, know, couple, I know that- a,
0: a couple upsets go one way. You could get Ohio oh, yeah. versus Miami of Ohio, which is battle, you know, battle of the bricks in football. Obviously, a big rivalry. You could get Toledo Bowling Green, you know, Kent State Akron, which yeah. are really close. I mean, there are so many close rivals. And honestly, even if you don't, even if you get the top two seeds, you're still getting Toledo Akron. You're yeah. still getting uh you know, an interstate matchup. You're still getting a highly contested it- game. Guys that were getting recruited by the same schools. And what's guys great that about that, like each
1: other. Exactly. What's great about that is is I know the basketball sometimes might not always be the best, but what's great about it now, especially in March, like you said, even if it's the one-two, even if you draw chalk in the tournament, you're still getting an interstate matchup between Toledo and Akron. And whoever wins that game gets to go to the big dance. And whoever loses that game, out. you're probably not going to the big dance. That's
0: the one thing it's that I awesome. think is
1: totally underrated about
0: some of these small tournaments is one of my favorite tournaments to watch it's usually the Saturday before selections when they at 11 in the morning it's the American East and they are always a one big league no question about it usually Albany Vermont UMBC teams like that but there's it usually comes down to the last possession or two there's always such heightened like anxiety by both these teams because they realize you could pretty much go undefeated and even if you lost that game you're probably out just because of your schedule and everything so it's just such a hyper focused game and in you know the mid-american conference and all these games you look at these teams maybe someone's out with covid maybe teams have shut down and come back up there's going to be a lot of craziness this year and i think it's interesting to focus especially on these you know Small schools, especially these schools that have a bunch of senior leadership, not only could they make some noise in their conference
1: tournaments, but they could make some noise in the big one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like it only takes one and the guys to get hot. So we'll go from the small tournaments in the Horizon and the MAC, and then we'll lead into the big, brutal machine coming up in the Big Ten. The big tournament.
0: Josh, as we mentioned, we're moving on to uh, bigger things with our bracket. We're going to the big bracket, the Big Ten bracket. The B1G? The B1G bracket. Uh, one of the toughest conferences in the nation right now. One uh, of? probably Likely the toughest e. conference. Uh, so there are four top ten programs in this you have um number 3 Illinois, number 4 Michigan, number 5 Iowa, number 9 Ohio State and number 21 Purdue. Uh, Michigan is the one seed and then it's I believe yeah, Illinois 2, Iowa 3, Purdue 4 and then Ohio State comes in at 5.
1: And it's it's interesting I think so well, this this is just a meat grinder for a bracket first yeah, off. Yeah,
0: so if you look at it um so the top four teams get the quote-unquote double bye. So the the 11 through 14 seeds play on Wednesday, and then, you know, five seed down will play. Uh, Ohio State plays the winner of Minnesota Northwestern, but then Michigan, Purdue, Illinois, and, it, and Iowa get the double bye. So certainly a difficult, you know, task. You either have to win, you know, three games in three days, four games in four days. Potentially even five games in five days, but I, I don't Do really dream, see right? that. Yeah. <laughs> no. But as you mentioned, just an absolute meat grinder because you're gonna have to you're gonna have to likely beat two top twenty five or top ten teams to get through this bracket.
1: Yeah, no, I mean you you are more than likely gonna have to defeat probably two top ten, maybe even two top five in the country teams to win this conference bracket. Yeah. Which yeah. is just crazy.
0: And, I mean, even if you look at, you know, past Ohio State, the sixth seed, Wisconsin was regularly in the top 25 this year, fell off a little bit at the end. Rutgers, same way. You know, Michigan State just beat Michigan. They're the nine seed. Uh, Indiana has beaten some of these teams. They're the ten seed. Michigan
1: State just beat Ohio State. I mean, and and it's crazy to me that, you know, the way this works shakes out in the conference, it's an interesting situation for Ohio State because Purdue – if you look at the AP-ranked teams, Purdue is the lowest-ranked of those teams at 21. I think they came in at 20 at the New poll.
0: Yeah, no, they were 21, 21 in the New poll. Oh, they okay. were 20 last week, yeah.
1: So if Ohio State were to win uh, against Minnesota or Northwestern, they would go to Purdue and face Purdue in this quarterfinals game instead of facing Iowa, Illinois, or Michigan. Now, if they were to beat Purdue, then they'd likely have to play Michigan. But you know, I feel like you avoid the tougher part of the bracket. But I mean, the whole thing is just crazy. It's this is one of the toughest brackets I've ever looked at, Greg.
0: Yeah, this this you know what this reminds me of with the with the double buy, except it was a little bit even a little bit crazier. Was was the old Big East when you used to get like yeah, ten of was, the sixteen yeah. teams in? You know, UC was like a nine seed that was like a lock for the tournament.
1: Yeah, it really goes back to that because it's it's really tough tough gritty down to the wire basketball and you've yeah, got and I mean, so the many top, top-ranked teams.
0: Usually you had, you know, six or seven teams in the top 25. This one you have, you know, four in the top 10. I mean, like you said the the And
1: half like you said half of them have been there at one point in the season.
0: Yeah. And I mean, even some of these teams, you know, Northwesterns had some nice wins. Nebraska blew the doors off Rutgers. I mean, Penn State, you know, Minnesota, I believe, beat one of the, I mean, Minnesota for a while was playing really well at home, and they're the 13 seed. I think, you know, taking a look at it, obviously being the Ohio podcast, taking a look at Ohio State's path, as you mentioned, do get Purdue, which is the most favorable of the matchups. I think the one thing that's tough is honestly being the five seed. You have to win four games in four days, you know, you'll have played two straight days by the time you likely have to play Michigan three straight days likely when you'll have to play, you know, Illinois or Iowa, if things go mostly chalk. So that's the difficult part. But I think the one thing that's nice is, you know, you're early in the day you play, you know, the second afternoon game, your first and second day, the first game. And then, you know, obviously the championship game, So if you make it through, you'd have some more time to rest in the day because, you know, the games get a a little bit later. So you'd have that opportunity to kind of rest up and watch everybody else play. But still, it's going to be a tall task. Yeah. Because like you said, there are, you know, four top 10 teams and there are probably, realistically, I could probably see seven teams winning this tournament.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, cuz a lot Seven, of them eight teams? A lot of them you look they haven't really been in the situation that they are since, you know, the early to mid 2000s. You look at Illinois, they're the uh they have the third highest winning percentage uh in the history of this tournament, like all time. So, they definitely like have a history of getting hot in the tournament and doing well in the tournament. The last time Iowa was in the top 4 seeds in the tournament, was when they won the tournament back in I think like two thousand six, two thousand four. Yeah, and early you're looking 2000s, at that, you know? yeah. So it's it's And then you have Michigan that's a team that's
0: hasn't been so the one times. hasn't been the one seed, but has won the tournament, as like a four seed, yeah. like a six seed. Somebody said they had the one year where the the plane went off the, yeah. the runway and then they won they the tournament. They still
1: ended up winning it. So they definitely they, There's so many teams that definitely know how to win this, and a lot of them, like you say, some of you've got these 11.30 a.m. start times in there, some of these 1 o'clock noon start times. I know Zach would bring this up. You never know how a team's going to come out of the gate there on those early days. So anything could happen in this already brutally scheduled tournament
0: and i think that's also a thing that to look for you know as we mentioned michigan already lost to michigan state if michigan state gets by maryland the michigan michigan state game would be at 11 30 in an empty stadium in indiana and obviously yeah. you know all the games you know more or less have been mostly you know have been empty or at least close to empty because of the pandemic but Sometimes you get sleepy playing at 1130 in the morning, you know, as, as Zach always mentioned, you know, going to Northwestern at, at 11 in the morning, yeah. local time, it's tough. And it's one of those things where anything could happen. And as we mentioned, you know, the 13 seed Minnesota has a couple wins over some top teams. Northwestern has beaten, you know, Michigan state and I, I they have a win over Ohio state too, you know, um, A lot of these teams have beaten these other teams, even, you know, no one's unscathed in conference. So it's something that's going to be difficult. Uh, Moving on to, you know, we're kind of moving this into the who you got. We're taking a look at the lines per bet MGM. Um, Obviously, the top, well, the interesting thing is you look at Ohio State, though the five seed actually have the fourth best odds. They're at 10 to one, four seeded Purdue's at 12 to one but you look at the top you got Michigan at seven to four, uh, Illinois at three to one, Iowa at four to one all the way down to Northwestern at 150 to one and Nebraska at 300 to one. So Josh, who you got you taking that 300 to one ticket?
1: You know like you said Greg, anybody could win this tournament and I and I want to say that Ohio State is plenty capable of doing that they definitely need to figure they they need to find some momentum fast cuz there this is something to keep in mind here for Ohio State fans. You're going into the tournament on an 0 and 4 skid. Purdue has is the hottest team in the Big 10 right now. They're going on a 5 game win streak heading into the tournament, the best of any of the Big 10 teams. So say what you will about that matchup, who I have winning this tournament, Iowa. I have the three-seed Iowa winning this tournament. You know, they've had two bad games in which they shot under 40% from the field. You know, you have those nights. I don't think they're going to have those nights anymore. I think they have, you know, two bad games. One of them was against Indiana, and the other was against Michigan. So... Their other losses come against the other top Big Ten teams and some of the top teams in the country. And I don't think that happens twice. I think, you know, Ohio, Iowa gritted that one out the other night against Wisconsin this past weekend, and I think they have what it takes to bring it to the end and be there. You know, you saw in that Wisconsin game, as long as you're there at the end, you have an opportunity that you give yourself, Iowa's capable of doing that, and they're capable of pulling off those closed games. I like Iowa four to one you said yeah yeah
0: iowa is uh four to or no iowa is yeah four to one to four win to this one. tournament um i have two picks uh one of them was also the hawkeyes i think they have a favorable schedule um Il- you know illinois or iowa i'm kind of bouncing in between i would assume coming back is really helping illinois so i uh, i might lean i think i've kind of changed right here saying illinois three to one the other one that i like call me crazy but at 10 to 1 odds the ohio state buckeyes i think the one nice thing is for a team like them that has been kind of on a cold streak having a very winnable game over either northwestern or minnesota get them hot purdue has been a team that hasn't been great away from home this year you know they've had some marquee wins but they haven't been great a lot of their big wins even in their five game winning streak you know they're two big wins for at home their wins on the road were over the 11 seed Penn State and the 14 seed Nebraska, so not exactly the you know the most impressive wins. You get things going, two big wins in a row. Who knows? You get some confidence. As we, as I mentioned at the top of the show, have some senior leadership, exactly what you need right now. At ten to one odds, I think it's just too juicy not to take. Give me the buckeyes at ten to
1: one. Uh, the odds are juicy there, but let us know. We'll put a we'll put Zach's pick up. We'll get his picks too in here and put them up on the video. Um you I'll find... I'll pick for him. High state. Uh, yeah, yeah, no yeah. I mean question. we all know what he's gonna say. Put
0: a thousand bucks
1: on it. You win easy, pay your mortgage with it high state you can find our picks and more of our picks that we don't mention in the podcast on social social media twitter facebook and instagram at 30 rack of sports give us a follow give us a shout who are you taking to win the big 10 tournament
0: winning some money baby
1: greg what's up what's brewing ohio what is brewing in ohio uh, I kind of got a lot so'll we'll go quickly beer. through this yeah, a lot of beer. Uh, Jackie O's 15th anniversary this year. Wow, almost driving. yeah yeah happy happy 15th to Jackie O's. Uh, we'll go up to Bowling Green next. Bowling Green Beer Works. they have a West Coast style IPA after a brewery that's named after a brewery regular. And craft beer evangelist, Dr. Mike Coombs, or Professor Coombs, as the beer is called. I'm guessing
0: this is Bowling Green, Ohio? Prof
1: Coombs, yeah. Bowling Green, Ohio. Yes, sir. Of course it is. What show do you think you're on? What podcast do you think you're on? Of course, Bowling Green, Ohio. So Professor Coombs
0: from Bowling Green State University?
1: The Falcons. Yes, sir. So there's a triple IPA version of his namesake beer dubbed Angry Coombs. Do you want to guess the IBU on this Triple West Coast IPA? 95 <sighs> Buddy. 160 IBU. Oof. Uh, described by uh the That's Ohio- hoppy. the Ohiocraft, Ohiocraftbeer.org blog describes it as a palate bruiser. Ooh. I <laughs> so, want to try
0: I want to try it. Yeah, yeah
1: I want to try it too. It's 11%. Uh, alcohol. So. That's actually less than I would have thought for a 165 yeah, IBU. Beer. 160 IBU. This is at the BG Beer Works taproom. BG Beer Works. That's the well prize last. So if you're up there in the BG Falcon Nation, get to the Bowling Green Beer Works and try this West Coast style IPA or the triple West Coast style IPA. The triple Coombs? The, the Angry Coombs. Tri- the triple Coombs. Uh, also, We've got a new brewery. Greg, did you know that 47 new breweries opened in the past year, even with the pandemic? Wait, like in the world? Like in in the U.S.? In In Ohio? Ohio? In Ohio, yeah. In Ohio? 47 new breweries in Ohio opened their doors last year during the pandemic. This is per OhioCraftBeer.org.
0: It's almost 47.
1: One that did not technically open their doors, but is out there now in cans. Buzzsaw Brewing Company. I they, love, I love that name. Oh, it's pretty cool too. They've got uh and again, you It's straight to the point. Okay, it's <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that one. That was <laughs> That was good. ohiocraftbeer.org. You can see these uh but they're really cool cans. They've got a really cool logo of a um, as you might guess, I saw but Buzzsaw Brewing Company, Surprised they're a Belgian-inspired brewery that uh, has been planning for quite some time now and they're out in stores they don't have a public tap room yet, but you know how we, as regular folk, can help them with that? How how can we help them? We can buy their beers. They're out there. They're wait, wait, cans. wait.
0: They're asking me to drink beer? All right, I'm in. Yeah Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've <laughs> got- You've swayed me. They've got, Your a, uh, they've got a
1: pale ale. They've got a Belgian-style double. They've got a, tr- a Belgian-style triple. There's plenty of <sighs> stuff out double there. Double and a triple? Out there in stores. What if I mix them? Stores. Is it a quadruple? I don't know if it's an addition thing or a multiplication okay. thing. I don't know. Let's not get into that. But they're rolling out new beers and they're coming out to retail partners in the future. So you can learn more about them at buzzsaw.beer and help them with their future plans for a I public love that beer. Dot beer is such a great handle. Dot beer is a good handle. Great. I wish we could have a dot beer. You know what has a dot beer? I'm, I'm sure of it, maybe. Don't go off of this. I'm and guessing here, but it just makes it may sense. have
0: a dot there. There's a, definitely a possibility that it does. Winter Warmer Fest,
1: Greg. Whoa, uh, Winter Warmer Fest is not happening, but Winter Warmer Cask Day is happening. Uh, it actually just happened this past weekend, so we are I'll get you your your recap of it. Uh, My off, highlights. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, there was um. 38 breweries in the Cleveland area. Uh, One of them, uh, House Cleveland. They reopened uh, Noble Beast Brewing, 83 Brewing. Um, There were so many awesome, and a lot of these were cask beers. This was the twist on it this year. And unfortunately, with COVID and everything, couldn't have the traditional winter warmer fest that they usually do in downtown Cleveland. But plenty of, of cool beers came out, a lot of box. This year, too. Similar to, Bach fest, in Similar to Bach fest in Cincinnati. Similar to Bachfest in Cincinnati. But you can, read, you can read more on that at ohiocraftbeer.org. They've got so many awesome things there and ways to plug you into the Ohio Craft beer scene. You can follow them on social media at Ohio Craft Beer. You can follow us on social media at 30 Rack of Sports. I mean, really, all, all the news you need right
0: here. All the news you need. Thank you for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports, Ohio's sports and beer podcast. Um, got you settled on some NFL news, both uniforms and signings, as well as the MLS. We're getting prepped for March Madness. We're going to give you a full big chug preview next weekend. So uh, be ready for that. But uh, also talking a little bit of sports betting and
1: some. Beer news going on in Ohio, Josh. Yep, yep, yep. It was a fun fun show, and yeah, as we get closer to, we'll have free agency opening, we'll have March Madness in full swing. Opening day. With that new schedule. Opening day, Greg. I'm glad you bring up opening day. My cheers this week is to uh, Joey Votto. Uh, Finally got to watch. They've had... Captain Canada. Captain Canada himself. Finally got to watch a couple Reds games on TV. Greg, I have not seen I didn't know Joey Votto was that tall, honestly. I forgot he was that tall because I haven't seen him stand that tall in the batter's box. He's usually so scrunching down. He's usually crunched down and wailing halfway up the bat. He looked like it was so good to see. He looked like 2012 Votto and I'm not saying, you know, I have high hopes for it this year, but it was a but you have hopes. I have hopes. That gave me. That got me fired up. I'm ready to go. Baseball season's around the corner.
0: That gives me one quick question. So is Hunter
1: Green a, a bust or a giant bust? You know, that was that was his first game in pitching in a live game in like a year and a half. He was throwing gas, yeah, too. Yeah, and he was throwing he gas. He was throwing 100, 100, like three miles an hour.
0: And people were calling him a bust because he was giving <laughs> up home runs in like his first live pitching action in like two and a half years. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. <sighs> I what, love it. Who, I love the. I love the hot take.
1: People are so quick to panic. Let's settle down. Settle down, Reds Twitter. But you know what? People are
0: quick to panic, but people are so quick to pay up and help the community, and that's my cheers of the week. This is a couple weeks old, but I I wanted to bring it up on the podcast. Uh, the crosstown tip off was a competition between um you know some uh UC Bearcats riders, some Xavier Musketeers riders to help out local UC bars. Uh, local, you know, Norwood Xavier bars, as well as just bars across the community. And I know there were several, you know, thousand dollar tips handed out to several businesses, whether it was, you know, uh, Mio's, um, Holy Grail, you know, Dana Gardens. I, I think maybe Max got in on it. A lot of the, you know, local bars of UC and Xavier, the local Cincinnati bars getting helped out. I know even as far north as Silver Springhouse got helped out. So just great to see, you know, you turn a rivalry into something that has been, you know, nasty in certain years. Yeah. yeah. Into something that's, you know, it's a competition, but it's a competition for good. Fine, beat the other team. You know what that's going to do? It's going to help out the community more. And it's just great to see kind of giving back and a way to kind of, you know, fuel a fire under people to give back, to help out, you know, local businesses that have, gone through their lumps over the last yeah. year
1: yeah yeah it was just great to see the energy from that too like throughout the community and and it was help helping a lot of businesses that have you know had it rough this past year but bearcats and i will say musketeers fans cincinnati fans always coming through for their community
0: always coming through to help out so we want to thank the community thank the crowd, town tip off and thank you as listeners for listening to another edition of 30 rack of sports for zach who there's just an empty chair there probably for the best for him it's the most you know impactful he's the, had on the show Off the grid right now yeah off, off the, the grid, grid right now for josh on the ones and twos what, what? i'm greg thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 rack of sports we'll see you next week peace